Hey everyone, and welcome back to Books with Spice, please. I'm Al. And I'm Katie. And in this week's episode, we're going to be discussing and reviewing Lady of Rooksgrave Manor by Catherine Moon. A little about this author. I hadn't heard about much. I feel like I heard about the author in our in our Facebook group, right? Catherine no. Moon. I have seen her quite a bit on TikTok. She has the series. It was banned on Amazon on Kindle Unlimited for a little bit. And then it was re-uploaded again. And then she has a series called Lola and the Billionaires. That's an Omega-verse that I'm very interested in. And a couple other books. I think I remember hearing about a book being banned. Yeah, there's a couple. This one, and then I believe The Dare by Harley LaRoe is the author's name. We're both big ones on TikTok that we saw get banned on Kindle Unlimited. Dang. And I feel like I've been seeing this book all over TikTok, but it looks like it just came out a couple weeks ago. I think that's when it was just put back onto Kindle Unlimited, but I'm not sure when it came out. I actually didn't look that up, which I probably should have, but I think the publication day on Kindle Unlimited gives that date. Yeah, I had looked it up for the notes, and it said that it came out on the 24th, so that's why I was confused, because I thought I had seen a lot about it before a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It was a banned book, and I believe even Katie Robert was like, this isn't right. Like, there are dirtier books, darker books that are on Kindle Unlimited, but people will report them, and Amazon will look into it, and I think sometimes it's just a bot that looks through it, and I hear for the authors, it's just a huge pain. Yeah, because this one's definitely an erotica. It's yeah, it's definitely dirty, don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like it was ban worthy. No, it wasn't like inappropriate. Like claiming <laughs> claiming no. of sleeping beauty, that would be ban worthy in my opinion. Yeah. So, remember with that being said, we are an 18 plus podcast. The content warnings for this book. There are some non-consensual acts and talk of rape. So I'm going to just give an example really quick. Once she is eaten out while she is sleeping. And it wakes her up. But she's totally fine with it. And then another time she wakes up her vampire by going down on him. (laughs) yeah and it did sound like he was forewarned that was a thing that could potentially happen but just just to be safe we put Mm -hmm. that in for the trigger and then there's talk of rape this is a very no rape does happen but yeah and I think also she had they had already agreed that he was gonna like wake her up at that like when he did wake her up by eating her out like that was already pre-agreed on too i feel like this book was really really light on the triggers for what it was yeah okay i don't remember that agreement specifically but that yeah i just wanted to be safe (laughs) for sure 
Yeah, because that was definitely, I feel like the non-con stuff, CNC, rape, it's all really, it's good to talk about. So, like, to warn people and be open about. Anyway, to me, like, I agree, those are good ones, and not good ones, but ones that are in the book, and... For the most part, you see a lot of really weird stuff, but our character, our girl here, she is not afraid of anything. So she goes in with it, to it all with a very open mind, and it's all very tailored to what she wants. So I think it's pretty safe. Yeah, for sure. It's all very sex positive, too. I love it. So like we mentioned, it's definitely it's a, an erotica monster romance paranormal with our vampires and curses and magic and it's kind of got that historical romance vibe yeah I love it it was so well written and I I love the imagery and it does definitely have that historical vibe like it's set it feels like 18th 19th century and the audiobook the narrator is really good at all the accents everybody's got a different voice they all are from different parts of the world and so they all have different accents and so it's really fun and the audiobook's about 12 hours long so it's kind of a longer one yeah so the pages written in notes says 320 but i believe my book on kindle was a little over 400 Mm-hmm. The 320 was what I pulled off of print pages from Amazon. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it definitely sounds like a long one on Kindle too. For Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of the longer ones we read for the podcast. Yeah. It was definitely long and it was so hard to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I can see, especially like if you're trying to multitask. (laughs) Anything at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's go into a quick summary here. On the brink of losing her position as a maid with no prospects to go on, the offer of a place at Rooksgrave Manor, a house of ill and unusual repute, sounds like a perfect fit for a young woman with Esther's inclinations. Even better, the invitation comes by the hand of the handsome Dr. Underwood a delicate gentleman with a ferocious alter ego who knows exactly what he wants from Esther. Upon arrival, the men and the daily decadence of the manor feel too good to be true for a girl of Esther's station. There are rules to be followed, expectations to meet, and Esther is afraid she might be too wicked even for a place like Rook's grave. Temptations lurk around every shadowy corner and Esther has never been a girl able to resist. But the risk of disappointing her new gentleman isn't all that's threatening Esther's new position. Rooksgrave Manor's protections for its unusual patrons are failing. The wards are crumbling and Esther's new and exquisitely pleasurable life may all come tumbling down. And now to dig in deeper. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers from here on out. And we had talked about restructuring this episode from our typical book report type way where we go from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So I will go ahead and tell you a little bit about Esther's backstory. So her mom and dad were considered unfit to raise her. And that's what her aunt had told her 
So she was raised by her aunt and put into service as soon as she could. So it's never been a good fit for her. She was just kind of going from house to house. The manor would have been better for her. Yes, because the manor is wicked. Yes. (laughs) She had a lot of poor behavior in the houses she's worked in in the past. She has a very strong, healthy sexual appetite, which was a bit frowned upon by most. And how she, like, gets her job at the manor is because Dr. Underwood, who is helping the lady of the house with her stress, has (laughs) a sex toy, a vibrator, and Esther is, like, spying on them in the hallway and masturbating just in the hallway, and he catches her. Yeah, that's how our story begins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's how she got her invitation from him. I was really shocked about how fast things get spicy. Yeah, I knew it would be spicy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting that beginning, but I loved it. I was like, okay, yeah, it really sets the tone. It was perfect. So when she gets to Rook's grave, do we want to start talking about the side characters? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the side characters. There's Magdalena, who's like witch that runs the house she's responsible for taking care of the ladies and finding them their matches and keeping the house safe and taken care of yeah she takes it super serious she's dedicated her life to this work and she wants to make sure that the gentlemen and ladies are a good fit for each other so she works really hard Mm -hmm. even like she says specifically like the she more has to match the men together. Yes, because some men are super possessive and wouldn't get along with others or they have to just be able to balance each other and work together to have that lady. Yes, like if one of them needs to be more encouraged or told what to do, to it was very interesting the way she described it i really liked it yeah it was a really cool detail and then our next side character he kind of turns into one of the more main characters i guess he's the villain of our story is bursha he was the king of gamora during the time of sodom and gamora gamora was similar to rook's grave with how it was revolved around sex but Its specialty was rape, and he owns houses all over the world. There's no limit to what clients can do in his houses, and he's been attacking houses like Rook's Grave for century, and no one really knows really what he is or what keeps him alive. Mm -hmm. And the only other thing we know about him really is that he was supposed to have died with the other kings during his time, but he somehow was able to escape and has stayed alive and has grown his power over the centuries. And he doesn't mess with, there's one of them, one of her men that like Bersha doesn't mess with. Was it Dr. Tanner? Yes, because of how strong and powerful he is. And there's not very many monsters like him. And we never, I feel like we never really find out what kind of monster or like what he's like. Yeah, he's 
we get like a little brief description of him. We just know that he's inside Dr. Underwood and coexists with him. He will come out. So their character is basically like a Dr. Jekyll and Hyde monster. You've got like the sweet, shy, nerdy, cute as hell doctor. And on the inside, you have Dr. or Mr. Tanner, who's like this raging, angry monster. Sex monster. Yeah, sex monster is right. <laughs> oh, he's big. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> okay. I think that brings us to our hierarchy of Esther's monster men. Mm-hmm. So it's explained. I think August is the one that explains it to her that she's got all of her men. And because this is a reverse harem, I didn't realize that it was. And I didn't know what else a reverse harem could be like because the only one I'd read other than this was Reunion. Oh, that's right. And it, it was just those three. And those really only like two. Six. Oh my gosh. See, I'm like, I'm listening to this book and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of men. <laughs> but August explains to her, like, there's a hierarchy. There's, he's a vampire and Eamon is like a sphinx. There's Dr. Jonathan and Mr. Tanner and then Ezra and Booker. And they've all got their stations kind of in society and how they're going to respond to each other just like naturally Mm -hmm. so I thought that was interesting yeah I thought so too I thought that was really cool because Amon or Amon I kept reading his name as Amon in the book you you read the audio so how was it pronounced in the audio book it was Amon Amon okay but they all have like like her accent is Irish Oh, I need mean, that makes it's me like, really want to listen to the audiobook now. Yeah, hers is like, I mean, maybe it's Scottish. I'm not an expert on accents, but Ezra has like an Irish accent for sure. And August has a French accent and Eamon has like a Egyptian accent. And Dr. Jonathan has like a British accent. And Mr. Tanner is like really serious. And Booker is like so cute. <laughs> Oh my god, I bet! Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so Eamon is a sphinx. He's the first one introduced to Esther when she gets to the manor, other than Dr. Tanner, or Dr. Underwood, Jonathan, and Mr. Tanner. He first appears to her in a sexy dream to tell her that he's on the way, and it was really funny because... It's broad daylight, and she's writhing and moaning on the bench outside, just in public. And he is very possessive and has to learn to share her with all of her gentlemen. He has wings that can be hidden away. He can tell prophecies about the future. He has a tail. And then his penis. Let's go ahead and just get into his penis. It is... He's got, like, three prongs it said it sounded like three fingers is how it was described so we think it might be looking curved and this is a quote from the book Amon sighed sighed and rolled dust his wings tucking and then vanishing altogether hook pulling a little inside of me 
he would soften and it would ease out like any other cock. But I liked the way it held us together after the act was finished. That was a real curveball for me. Yeah. I was like, okay, I was expecting some kind of weird dick. Not weird. I mean, is it weird? I guess they're monsters. It's not weird for that monster. But I was expecting not your typical anatomy to be described for these monster men. Yeah. That was definitely a new one for me, too. I agree. Yeah. And (laughs) I also want to note that he has, like, cat hair, too. I thought he might have been, like, a little soft. I thought that's how I vision him. Yeah. Did you get the chance to look up their art? No. The way that I imagined it was, like, you could see his fur under his skin sometimes when he was, like, like he would shift sometimes. Like he shift, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you definitely, after we're done recording this, need to go look up his picture. Yeah. Because he doesn't look human, really. No, I, I tried so hard to see him as human. Yeah, that's fair. That's natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's got a tail. I mean, he's got very cat-like features in his face. So, and he's got those wings. And one of the girls in the house, like, Esther explained to her or the group of ladies that are there at, like, a mealtime what her amen was like. And they were, and one of the girls was like, you have to have sex with that? And she was like, whoa, what do you mean I have to have sex with that? Yeah. I love my amen. Yeah, she's so much more accepting and open than many of the other girls at the manor. Yeah, usually they explain in the book like the manor is kind of a either they're going to meet the love that they're looking for or they're it's a stepping stone in their life. So not all the girls are super into their job, but it pays well, it covers room and boarding feeds them and it's just like a job but and they'll never have to do anything they don't want to yeah i think it sounds like a pretty good deal in my opinion i aspire to be like esther honestly honestly yes same (laughs) i would like to live that life true that yeah i I love her i love esther so much so Do you want to go ahead and talk about our next monster man? Or I should say men? Yes. So, yeah, Dr. Jonathan and Mr. Tanner, we have to start getting their names right. They count as two, even though they're in the same. And it's, like you said, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or, like, Bruce Banner and Hulk kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good way to point out it. Jonathan only gets to be satisfied if Mr. Tanner is, like, okay with it and willing to, like, watch from inside. Because usually he gets, like, really worked up and, like, he's the horny monster. Yeah, and then Mr. Tanner forces them to change so that Mr. Tanner can be the one getting laid. And so he's kind of a sweet guy like esther picks up on the sweeties they definitely are sweet so mr tanner is like self-conscious 
and the first time that she sleeps with Dr. Jonathan, they have sex for the first time when he's kind of testing her out, if you will, before he sends her to the manor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Mr. Tanner, like, bends her over. Or no, she's sitting on top of his lap, but not facing him. And he's, like, using her like a doll because he, like, transformed and his hands are, like, wrapping around her waist. And his, like, body is, like, all corded and muscular and his penis is, like, red. And he's just, like, moving her up and down and, like, using her. And she's, like, yes, sir. Very, he's very filling. I don't think anybody's compared to Mr. Tanner. No, they didn't. But so yeah, she <laughs> they count as two. They are her men, and like that was like her first pick. As soon as she got to the manor, Magdalena had told her that she gets to choose her men. Like the men aren't chosen for her, and the men don't get to decide. Like she gets yes. to decide. She gets the final say. So she was definitely like, okay, well, Doctor Jonathan is definitely gonna be mine, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that he wasn't just like a one-time only and was more because I really liked him and it took a while for him to come back too I was a little nervous yes because his dear friend our next monster I'm gonna talk to you about is a vampire and his name is August he's friends with Dr. Underwood and he went to visit he's the one that finally reaches esther in person first Mm -hmm. so he's over 300 years old he makes delicious foods and pastries for esther and loves to feed her which please uh swoon i love that it's a really cute touch that like fruits and chocolate sweeten the blood (laughs) yes it makes their blood sweeter and more enjoyable But his description was, I quote, hair swooped back from his face and skin as pale as the finest ladies, but his features were strong and wide and there was black stubble across his jaw, his eyes and ice blue, almost white, but for the edges. And it's very apparent that August likes to take orders and please his partners. There was one point, like, right at the beginning where she starts telling him what to do. And she's like, I wonder how far I can go with this. And he, like, gives her a look. He's like, what did you just tell me to do? And I loved it. (laughs) And it's really cool because he's the first one there. And Magdalena comes to Esther's room. And it's been, like, two nights. This girl is hard up so horny that she's been like rubbing herself against a pillow on her bed (laughs) all night yeah she has to hear everybody else around here like all night have great sex and she's like why can't it be my turn she's dying to get laid and august shows up and he's like i'm over 300 years old sweetie you're gonna learn patience with me and she's like no, this is terrible. I didn't <laughs> sign up for this. It's really funny. And another thing, too, that reminds me of is that Jonathan had gifted her a gorgeous gown for her evening, her meeting with August. And I loved that a lot. I love that. I loved their <sighs> secret little relationship you don't find out about until later. It was 
seriously so perfect and so hot like it was so hot it was so you find out in the book that like they're really good friends and they had had sex before with one another like a lot yes and they do it a couple more times too in the book spicy but that was shocking for me i absolutely loved it it was super great and yeah. it's not even just jonathan it's also mr tanner too so right and it was kind of like mr not mr tanner i mean jonathan just seems at first so quiet he more like the shy nerdy type that you just wouldn't i don't know i didn't expect that it was good but it's good i love yeah and so it was super amazing like you pull that detail that he bought the dress for her to wear to meet august because the dress gets shredded oh yeah he knows august's tastes he knows what august would like yeah and so august also does the same exact thing for Eamon. august and dr jonathan took her out together after she had spent a couple nights with august and they went to that sex club but before they went to the sex club they went and got her fitted for a bunch of different dresses like more dresses than she could wear and a lot of them were like long silks and like really decadent royalty type clothes and then that kind of plays into later on when she meets Eamon like they were dressing her up and like maybe trying to show off a little bit to Eamon like you know because the hierarchy and I loved that too it was really good I loved that part of like how much they just want to give her everything and just they all just want to treasure her and give her all these gifts but she straight up tries to make it as clear as possible to them that she doesn't need any of that to still give them the affection they want from her she wants to give them affection regardless of the gifts yeah she can like see into them and she like wants i i the only way i can explain it is so she can see them as people and she wants to fulfill their needs yeah. Like their sexual needs. She's just like, oh, you need sex, honey? Yeah. That's the vibe. Like, you are deserving of it, whether or not you give me these beautiful dresses. Yeah. I like her a lot. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. I think that brings us over to Ezra because he's just like a kind of a normal guy. He's a human, but he's a cursed human who is invisible. He's a thief. He was cursed by a witch, and Mags helped him with his curse a little bit in exchange for some spying services so that he can be seen when he concentrates hard enough. Yeah, so he's, like, just invisible. And he's got cursed by a witch because he asked a witch for him to be undetectable or something like that. To help him with his thieving, and so she cursed him. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. So he said on Esther's first night, she saw a girl fucking a werewolf, like, outside her window. And since he was invisible, he obviously, like, saw the whole thing. And he saw 
Esther's face peeking out of her window watching them. And he was like, ever since then, he had wanted to be with her and he like was in her room and she went up to her room expecting that she was going to spend the night alone and she jumps on top of him and he's invisible and she's like what the heck and yeah, he just that's how he introduces herself or himself and he's like hey i tried to get a membership but it's super expensive i don't know <laughs> what to tell you <laughs> oh and she's like, she feels for him. She's like, that doesn't seem right that only wealthy men can come to this house. So, I mean, she ends up having sex with him. Really, really good sex. Really good sex. I really love him. I love that he's invisible. I think that that is so exciting. It really is. I thought so, too. And she's like, oh, my gosh, this is weird because I can't him but I'm experiencing all of these things and it looks to my eye like my hands are just like floating when he's she's holding on to him and she loves to like feel his weight but not see him there yeah Mm -hmm. and she is super into it and like asks him to surprise her and just start fucking her like just yeah it's it's incredible but it doesn't last long their blissful introduction to one another because Eamon arrives earlier than planned and he and Mags walk in on them and he's absolutely furious well and the crazy thing is is like Esther feels close to Ezra like right away Compared to the other guys. He just seems to be more on her level. Yeah. And she hadn't really been close with anyone. Besides sex. So. This is her. Like. This time that she's realizing that there could be more. And it's really kind of sweet. Because Eamon comes in. And he's like. Absolutely not. He's feeling very territorial. Who's this guy in my this scoundrel (laughs) yeah they always end up having kind of a feud yes he calls him a scoundrel all the time he Mm -hmm. does not like Ezra (laughs) and she has to convince Eamon to tease Ezra and give him a hard time but know that like she loves both of them and it's okay like she's got time for both of them is basically what she tells him (laughs) Yeah, and that he wants to continue to see her, then he's going to have to learn how to get along with all of her men and accept them all. Because Eamon had, this was his first time coming through, and he was like the fourth or fifth guy at this point, basically. Like the last one. Because even Booker at this point, like nothing serious had happened with Booker, but he was on the table from the day one. So that that just leaves Booker. Booker is our stone golem made of marble. He was created by Mags. And Esther's super intrigued by him and wants him to, like, almost instantly. She thinks about the way he would feel inside of her. So he's connected to Mags at first still. But... As time goes on, he develops strong enough connection to Esther that his threads to Mags kind of 
breaks away from her and she starts to lose control over Booker and it made it really easy for Bersha to possess him and try to kill her. And after that incident, it's agreed on that Mags binds Booker to Esther to keep them both safe and to keep Bersha from possessing him again. And it's something that Esther doesn't take lightly at all because she doesn't want to accidentally abuse his free will but it's something that Booker wants because he's hers and he just wants to do what would make her happy. Booker's new when Esther gets to the house so they start their journey together it's always been Booker from the beginning pretty much I think Mm -hmm. even on like one of her first days she was running her fingers over his hands and asking him if he had feeling. <laughs> yeah. And he was like really turned on by it, but he's a man he's of like, stone. He's like, yeah, feeling like man. And ugh, he's so hot. Like, honestly, the scenes at the end of this book, <laughs> I oh. can't. Do you want me to tell you the quote I have written? About his cock? Yes. Okay. He had ridges almost like curves and ropes of muscle and a fat flared head that curved to a gentle tip that would be easier to take in at the start. And there at the base of him were carved white curls streaked with gray veins of marble. He even has pubes. Yes. Yeah. She makes a comment about how detailed Mags was. Especially with that part of his body. Which is so interesting because, I don't know, I mean, she must just be an artist. Yeah. (laughs) But Booker, I mean, he, what was it? There was one point where he was, like, waking her up every day by fingering her. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. he got her dress every day. Yep. He's just... He takes care of her, he protects her, and he listens to what she tells him to do. He's like a perfect butler that loves her. (laughs) He does above and beyond. Oh, yeah. Duty. So those are basically all the characters in Esther's Monsters. And then we were going to take you guys through the main points of the book. We went over the prologue for the most part earlier when we were talking about Dr. Jonathan. After that, there was this part that was kind of scary with this water demon. I was almost into it, but it was really kind of creepy. Yeah, Esther didn't know how to feel at first either. She thought, okay, It really made me suspectful of Mags. Like, me too. I was like, did she know about this? Like, what is she doing to Esther? Yeah, she, like, got her out of the house. Yeah, so as Max had asked Esther to meet with the water demon just as a one-time thing. It was super last minute, except when she goes down to the grotto, Booker had walked her down there. She goes into the water, and it starts to kind of, like, caress her and try to pleasure her, like, the water itself. She sees a man, sort of, but it was all a trick. They were actually water wraiths there, and they were sent by Bersha to attack. Ezra ends up saving her from drowning 
And that is what gets him his membership to the house. Like August offers to pay for his membership. And I think a couple of them pitch in too. Mm-hmm. And Eamon starts to forgive Ezra for sleeping with Esther when it was supposed to be his time. And it makes Eamon feel like Ezra's a little more worthy to be one of Esther's gentlemen. So they do yeah. have group time all of the men and Esther a couple of times at least I want to say like three times Mm -hmm. it happened more than I thought it was going to because the beginning of the book they really have like their one-on-one time yes she gets her one-on-one time first with them before she does anything else any group so after that Because the next time she does any type of group play, I think the first time she does group play (laughs) is um, in London with August and Jonathan. Yes, at the theater. Yeah, so like the next day after this incident, they had had plans to take her to London at August's house there. This theater, it's like almost like a sex club before the sex clubs like the if you want to call it like a victorian sex club because you get to participate in the show that's the third act but the first act but it says a human girl is running away from a monster scared at last the monster appeared tall and broad covered in shaggy dark fur head huge and fangs glinting it stomped out onto the scene from the back and the girl trembled wildly snared by its gaze beautifully frightened it was something like a bear every bit as massive but with longer and slightly more human limbs its broad body was spread arms wide making itself as large as possible and the girls appeared even frailer and more like prey between the hips rising slowly long and angrily red and shining was its cock yes so There was a couple times during this act where the girl seems to get away and Esther's like, okay, I'm a little bit disappointed. And she just wasn't sure how she felt if she was rooting for the girl to get away or rooting for her capture. I love that. It's like very prey and predator. Yeah, it's primal, right? A very primal kink. And then the second act, I had to tell my husband about it because it was, it happened. It was tentacles. Yes. <laughs> yes. I wasn't like, ready. Before this, though, I want to make sure it's clear that she is super turned on and just really, really wants her men to fuck her then and there. But mm-hmm. they refuse. <laughs> it says, Mr. Tanner will have his turn later. For now, I have two very good shows to watch. Because she's watching the stage and they are watching her because she's so excited. But then it moves on to the tentacles. Yes. Tell us about the Akoro Kamui. Yeah, Akoro Kamui. Tell us about it. I need to tell you about my experience with this. Okay, wait, what? (laughs) So, no, what I'm saying, like, when I was listening to this. Oh, it was, I imagined, like, I, like, a giant octopus that, like, had, like, these tentacles that, like, opened up and closed, like, got bigger and smaller, like, width-wise, 
and there were these screaming girls that are all chained up with tentacles inside of them and suction cups all over their bodies screaming in pleasure yeah so that's the visual um here's some background well a descendant of a japanese sea god they're uncommon in these parts but a favorite at the houses in japan you'll see why The tentacles can expand and contract, and the suckers are said to be an improvement on a mouth, August explained. An octopus has eight. The akoragamui has dozens. They have dozens of tentacles, so it's more than an octopus. Yeah. Tentacles, you know, they can be a beautiful thing. I think that you've read something like that, haven't you? Yes, I'm going to actually talk about it, too, on our social media pages for Monster Monday. Oh, it's my gosh. Stalked by the Kraken by Lillian Lark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. I loved it so much. But she goes into detail of penetration with tentacles in that story. Oh, I can't wait to see your review. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Then the third act is open for audience participation, and Jonathan takes her on stage. So Esther has this realization when she's on stage. I quote, this performance was about a monster being accepted and desired by a human, being able to touch and satisfy them. August had spent decades without a human lover he could feed from, Mr. Tanner was still too wary to let me look at him. Eamon thought he had to buy my affection. Ezra expected he'd have to steal it. And I just absolutely adored her realization and her her epiphany about this performance she was about to do with him. And it made me... I already loved Esther, but it kind of made me love her even more. She is such a wonderful character and I just want to be as she's so loving and I don't mean that in just like a sexual way but she's just like a naturally loving person and so so caring and down to earth and just wants to make sure her monsters know that they are accepted for who they are without having to do anything and she just wants to be worthy of them and wants to show as often as she can how much she appreciates them and loves them and she's so proud of them all of the time too yes she's very proud that is so true Mm -hmm. she doesn't want them to be ashamed or embarrassed and uh there's another girl specifically at the manor who is the complete opposite of her and I just mm -mm. yeah she really was nasty she was even sleeping with the and I don't mean not to like shame anybody she just had a really negative outlook on all of it and she was even sleeping with the guy out in the village for money and really rude with him too and it was just kind of sad she was so mean and did not treat her gentleman well at all Mm -mm. and she was really like they make me do this i have to do it and it was like no you don't you're getting paid stop being bitter you have control of your life like yeah Mm -hmm. so 
the performance begins with Jonathan talking to the crowd and he was such a cute little nerd describing to the audience the science of electrocution and using it to bring Esther pleasure through pain with a little electric shocks. So he has this machine, like these little probes he uses on Esther's body and he over time kicks it up a bit Mm -hmm. and like drives her insane and finally brings her to orgasm and when he does she gets fucked by Mr. Tanner and this is the first time he lets her see him she full on kisses him so that he knows he's worthy and accepted by her and to show the audience that they can be too and then she says to him before they start fucking no I want you on the floor I want to fuck my monster. And she makes sure her voice is super loud and audible to the people watching. And they're just like all in awe. Like, this is what I'm saying. I don't feel, I can't relate to Esther on the experience she's having with her, her sex life. But I feel like it's just super empowering for her, the sex that she has. And I feel like talking about sex more openly and reading these books and not feeling ashamed about the books that I like, whether they be, I mean, they're monster romances, not being ashamed of it and openly talking about it with you. These past four months has been super empowering for me. So it was just, I don't know. It was kind of cool. Yeah, she definitely is super inspiring in the way that she just shares her love yeah she's unapologetically herself now she does have some insecurities that she kind of struggles with because she's like how do all of these men want me and she was always taught that it was dirty and gross yeah she got in trouble a lot and she got moved around to a lot of houses for sleeping with boys Yes, but she still doesn't try to change who she is. She's a, what was it, desperately wanting? Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I really, really admired Esther and her character. Because while she was also a little embarrassed at points because she didn't have, like, any accomplishments, like some of the other girls, she didn't know how to play instruments. And she kind of works on that herself by asking august to teach her how to cook pastries and stuff and trying you know she's going through self-discovery i loved her so much Mm -hmm. it was kind of like she all of a sudden has this family and she's like okay now i'm ready to learn things about the world that i wouldn't have been able to learn before Mm -hmm. and she's got incredible teachers that are of all different ages and experiences and all different parts of life i i yeah i loved it because of that performance, Bersha sees her at the show and obviously is taken aback by her. And they make eye contact. And she points him out to Jonathan and August. And they like are like, no, definitely not. We got to leave. This is not safe. Because of Bersha and Mr. Tanner, right? Yes, so they know who he is and know that she's 
in danger with him around and that she's captured his attention because of how much she enjoys sex and Bersha he is known as a disgusting monster who runs houses all about rape like he was the king of rape pretty much and so they explain that to her on their way back to August's house attacks on the manor keep happening and their wards keep coming down and Booker gets taken over and at the end he attacks the manor again and it gets set on fire it's during the day and so all the vampire gentlemen are down underground all but August that were sleeping during the attack were killed during the fire and he just kept August alive to lure Esther down to him because he mimicked his voice and she followed his voice and she sees him tied against the tree and Bersha is sitting at a table eating a vampire heart. And Ezra is invisible and he lets her know that he's by her by touching her neck. And she was really excited about that because he had gone missing and she was glad not to be alone. And they were really worried about August. Yeah, so he, they were worried about both August and Ezra because when they had originally gone back the first time to look through all of the rubble to try to get to August, Ezra got kind of trapped in the crumble of the manor. And mm-hmm. so then she was like relieved that he was there and also that he was safe and alive. And Booker got trapped too, didn't he? Because he went down to go get August. No, he came back up because she used the the kind of the threads to pull him back and he had Cassie Cassie was one of the other girls trying to get to her vampire that had been killed in the fire oh Booker yeah so it's then that she sort of the best way to explain it to me or for my in my opinion is that she sort of seduces her way and tries to talk him into keeping her alive so that she can be tortured at one of his houses or whatever just to try to stay alive a little longer until Ezra is able to stab him with the kitchen knife that he was using. And it injures him, but he's able to get away still. Yeah, because he's like really powerful. So this is when they decide to all go to Eamon's homeland in Egypt to try and discover more about Bersha and what he is what his weaknesses are, what he plans to do next, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and that's when they decide to, like... Well, it's not when they decide to all stay together, but it's when they definitely are going to stay all stay together. They have a super sweet moment, and this is just another reason why everybody who is interested and likes how we described the book in the podcast, they need to... You guys need to read it for yourself, because... It was so long and we wanted to try to keep the episode under an hour. We left out a lot of not only spicy detail, but super swoony, cute details too. Mm-hmm. Because there's a scene where she gets a whole ass train ran on her by all her men. One at a time, together, two at a time, three at a time. And it's through the hierarchy, like starting with Booker and going to Ezra and August and they and work Amen, yes. Yeah, they work together, like they get to Mr. Tanner with Eamon like 
really <sighs> intensely watching Mr. Tanner like rip into Esther and like smack her ass and make her bounce on his cock. And Eamon's like, I need her now. And it was just so hot. And then there's like another scene where they're in one of the guests or the like society rooms or whatever with all the other ladies and gentlemen of the manor. You know, they're all kind of having sex openly in that room. Everybody kind of stops what they're doing to watch Esther take her monsters. And you have another monster that's just completely forgetting about his own lady and watching them and like getting himself off to Esther's pleasure. So it's very spicy. (sighs) It's really I I didn't know. So I think that this is like when you kind of compare like the erotica between claiming and this one. I feel like my I had a hard time with claiming because there was none of the romance and the love and the the parts of it that are like spicy to me it was so good though I think that kind of wraps it up for Rook's Grave Manor I feel like Al we're probably both on the same page for space rating as a five pepper spice book five out of five Mm -hmm. what star rating did you give it so I feel like giving it five stars is kind of gimmicky because it is such a smutty book. But I think I have to give it five stars. It really surprised me. Yeah, I would say the same. I just, I really loved the writing style in this book. And I loved Esther's character a lot. I really did too. I thought that she was just so full of love and so accepting it was wonderful and I think that all of the way the men moved around each other was really great I feel like in reunion the men like the the harem the reverse harem or whatever they like communicated a ton to make things work and I think that the hierarchy in this book made it so that it just like naturally happened and I thought that that was really nice that there wasn't like lots of conflict of how it was going to work a little bit but just enough her harem was a decent sized harem I hadn't read a reverse harem yet with this many men in it I know we were joking at one point too texting each other about the book like oh my gosh this girl doesn't get any sort of alone time but at the same time it sounds very nice to be so pampered. Taken care of. Taken yeah. care of, yes. She she didn't need alone time because there was always someone to keep her busy and they did her favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it. I love that too. Like, like she was just never bored. You know, anytime that she was like alone, she was just like, I wish I had one of my men with me. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, I love that. So, which of these men would you say is, like, your favorite or your most book boyfriend? It's a toss-up for me between Ezra, August, and I think I'm just going to have to go with Ezra and August if they're my favorite. It's hard to pick. Uh, Yeah. It's really hard for me to pick, too. 
Which one's yours? Like, top two at least. Uh, God. I really liked August. I love vampires so much. But I honestly did love Amen too quite a bit. I love that alpha. And their first sex encounter with one another. Honestly, love that for her. And <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like a good time. I do. I did love Ezra, too. But, like, uh, I think August, though. August or Eamon. Yeah, that's fair. Eamon definitely has that, like, energy there. Especially at the end is when I finally was like, oh, okay, I see his point now. <laughs> I see his yeah. purpose. So I liked that a lot. It was It was good. I was really happy to read it and, like, it was as good as it was. Like, the writing style. And the mystery in the background the whole time wasn't wishy-washy. It was always kind of, there was always a mystery there in between the sex. And I thought that was pretty consistent and strong because you have a lot of who is the problem here between the guy that's in the village, the girl that isn't happy, and Mags and Bersha, the water rapes. Like, there's so much going on. And, like, that one point where Ezra is up in her room and they see a flicker of light while he's up there when no one's supposed to be there you know like that was kind of spooky and it was a good vibe it really was I loved it I'm glad it doesn't disappoint because it was super hyped up and I was a little afraid that it wouldn't be as good as everyone kept saying it was I had the same worry that's why I was I don't know when I looked it up I was like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to read this one because I don't know if I'll be able to focus. And that's when I got it on Audible. I actually put a credit into it and I do not regret it at all. It's definitely going to be on the list of listens to when you're in a mood for something to laugh and be embarrassed by. It's like that audio. If you want to be horny, read this. Exactly. That is this book. (laughs) That pretty much sums it up, guys. Thanks for listening. You can join us next Tuesday when we finish up our spooky October with Forever Charmed by Rose Pressy. And we have been going live on Instagram every Wednesday to discuss this week's podcast and to chat with you all. You can also find us on TikTok and Facebook, anywhere you can find podcasts, YouTube and the WeTube. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and do all of the engagement things honestly anytime we get a notification it makes us so excited thank you all again for your ongoing support we really really appreciate it yep we've been having a lot of fun and it's been an incredible time we are really getting up there in episode numbers and how long we've been doing this so thanks you all for sticking by us it's been awesome and we will see you next week until then Stay spicy.